You're tuned into tomorrow. Right here on the Advanced Media Network. This Into Tomorrow podcast is hosted by our partner, Blueberry Podcasting. We couldn't be happier with their service. Get 30 days of podcast hosting free by simply visiting their website at Blueberry.com. It's like a blueberry without the E's. So B-L-U-B-R-R-Y dot com. Welcome Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline, the interactive radio network program with the latest in high-tech products and services and the experts who bring them to you. This is Into Tomorrow. Here's Dave Graveline. It's Into Tomorrow for the weekend of Friday, October 15th, 2021. Why do we always use the Friday dates going into the weekend? Because the show airs anytime over the weekend on many of our stations. True. Some on Saturday, some on Sunday, many on both days. So it's easiest to just give you the Friday dates because, like, let's face it, we all tend to think of the weekend starts Friday after work right. for most people, yeah. some people, not necessarily all people. <laughs> yeah. But if you subscribe to our free podcast, you can listen to us any day of the week. That's true, at your leisure. And how does one do that? Stop by uh, intotomorrow.com. We have links right there to our podcasts. Or if you have a favorite podcast platform, we are on all of them. We're just everywhere. Just throw it against the wall. That's us. But you can easily download Into Tomorrow podcasts anytime. We've been doing podcasts since long before they were ever even called podcasts. We're doing real audio archives. Yeah, boy, that sets you back. I bet a lot of the young folks listening go, real audio? What the heck is that? I didn't know there was any fake audio. Yeah, uh, bum. Some tech news and commentary, and then back to your calls and hence answering your questions, hopefully addressing your concerns as I fight through this, what I hope is a head cold. Epic Games CEO Tim Sweeney, whose high-profile antitrust lawsuit against Apple is now under appeal, is calling out the iPhone maker for giving itself access to an advertising slot that its competitors don't have the iPhone settings screen. Oh. And this is something that as an iPhone user has been driving me crazy. Um, some I- drive. Yeah. Some iOS 15 users have noticed that Apple is now advertising its own services at the top of their settings just below the Apple ID. Well, that doesn't seem fair. It's not. The services being suggested are personalized to the device owner based on which ones they already subscribe to. For example, those without an Apple Music subscription, like me, uh, may see an ad offering a free six-month trial. Uh, however, current Apple Music subscribers may see a prompt to add on a service they don't have, like Apple Care coverage. Sweeney suggests that this sort of first-party advertising is an anti-competitive risk for Apple, as third-party apps can't gain access to the iPhone settings screen, of course. They can only bid for ad slots within the App Store itself. Interesting. But Are they offering six months, though, of free Apple Music? Well, that's, that's one of the... I guess it's an example of an ad. The other thing that drives me crazy is when my iPhone starts to get low on space, it always pops that little notification icon there and says, your phone's out of space. Click here to purchase iCloud storage. I'm like, stop uh, trying to sell me more iCloud storage. <laughs> <laughs> Apple <laughs> makes more money than they should to begin with, yeah. and they're milking you for every nickel and dime they can get. Uh-huh. Just like a lot of other companies, but Apple yeah. is really, really bad at oh, it. They didn't become, you know, like, aren't they still the richest company in the world? Yeah, last they I didn't heard. They become that by accident. Yeah, that's for sure. I, I, but go ahead, keep drinking that Kool-Aid. Well, the reason I asked about the six months of free music is because I, on purpose, don't subscribe to any music service because I don't really have that many songs that I want to hear at that moment. You know, So I'll listen to the radio, of course. We're radio people. And I'll be happy, you know, dial hopping sometimes on music stations. Oh, there's a song I like, you know, and whatever. 
But if it's free for six months and then I can make sure and mark a calendar and say, don't you dare charge me, <laughs> then maybe I'll select a song or two. You know, Like, for example, Ed Sheeran's Bad Habits. I, I don't know why. I like that song. Maybe because I have a lot of bad habits. I don't know. But I, you know, occasionally it's like, wow, I'm looking for that song. I'm searching around. Oh, somebody played. Oh, there it is. And it was the end of the song. You know, Maybe there's a few that I would ask for. So is it like... Amazon Prime Music, whatever the heck you pay a lot of money for every month, I, where I you pay, can actually well, I, ask for any I song. Have, I have an Amazon Prime membership, which I get you know access to some music. Some. But then I also pay five ninety nine a month for the unlimited music. Oh my gosh! I listen to music and I use it every day. Do you though? Yes. I mean, do you? Yeah. I every do. day, every do you day. ask for certain songs or just listen to channels or whatever? I have playlists. I have uh, you know stations. They call it. Yeah. They've even added a new thing lately: DJ mode for some of their stations, which oh, they have please. some, I guess, pre-recorded DJs doing stuff. But I've noticed when I was listening the other day that every once in a while, in between songs, uh, the Alexa voice would come in and saying, "You've been listening to so and so on Country no. Heat Radio. Up next is so and so." So it's DJ Alexa. <laughs> DJ Alexa. <laughs> oh no! Oh, that's terrible. I wonder who else listens does that or has that been happening and do you like it or not curious let us know Some, you know sometimes I've, I've been putting those stations on dj mode because you know sometimes i like hearing a dj come in in between songs and yeah. you know, talk about stuff well sign me up for the six months of free <laughs> and and then remind me to mark a calendar and say uh-uh, i'm done not I've gonna already, pay i've already added you to my family so you can use my apple tv subscription but you can't request which, songs on that no okay so I want to request two or three songs a week. Is that too much to ask? Apparently. Yeah, I guess. Jeez. <laughs> Ahead of the upcoming holiday shopping season, yeah, Christmas is coming, Walmart has ended its layaway program and opted instead to offer an installment payment option with their partner, Affirm. The rise of buy now, pay later plans from companies like Affirm, Klarna, and Afterpay are apparently appealing to retailers because they boost conversion rates and can raise the average ticket price by as much as 50%. That according to RBC Capital Markets. So you see, again, it's not to help the consumer. It's to get them more money, the big, humongous companies that have more money anyway. Mm-hmm. It's to get them more money. And it seems to me that the Walmart layaway program was very effective for a lot of people that said, Christmas is coming, i got to get these gifts, and you know what? I'm going to do layaway, and I'll pay them off slowly but surely. Well, they're doing away with that. That's so instead, sure. you got all these other payment options, which no doubt you're going to pay more for. Uh-huh. Uh, wonderful. Well, Amazon has payment options if you sign up for their credit card. No, <laughs> you'll find you'll find me dead before you find me with an Amazon credit card. If you're in a pinch and you've misplaced your guitar tuner and you've got a gig coming up, you can now ask Google for help in getting your guitar in tune. Oh no! <laughs> the new feature called Google Tuner was noticed by Android Police. To activate it, just Google Google Tuner, and you'll get a fully functional tuner that will use your computer or phone microphone to listen to the sounds coming out of your guitar and tell you whether it's in tune. According to Android Police, similar functionality existed before, and you could invoke it by telling Google Assistant to tune my instrument, but now it's available as a search phrase, and it works from any device. Oddly enough, it only works if you actually type Google Tuner into the search box. If you search for a guitar tuner or instrument tuner, you won't get the same result, which makes absolutely zero sense. Yeah, especially because it's Google that's offering it. Yeah. Now, unless they've got a gazillion companies that are paying for ads to pop up first... 
then maybe they want, well, no maybe about it, they want that revenue. But at some point, you'd think that Google Tuner would just pop up in the search engine anyway. You would think. If you're looking for guitar tuner. We have to have our friend Israel with a guitar try that out and see how it works and report back. So it's not an app. It's not an app. You just search. So you could search on your phone yeah. or uh, your computer phone or, or whatever. And it'll use the internal microphone on that device to check the tuning of your So instrument. search Google for Google Tuner. Yeah. All right. And, well, let us know, folks, if you do that. If you've got a guitar, tell me if it worked. We're curious. 800-899-INTO or click on that Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. The number of U.S. households with broadband that own at least three smart home devices has grown by over 64% in just two years. Parks Associates reports that the pandemic was a driver, of course, in some of these purchases. Researchers discovered that many smart home tech buyers were in search of comfort, security, and convenience. Interesting. Quite. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Call 800-970-8405. That's 800-970-8405. Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline, our 26th year on the air, bringing you the latest in technology, all sorts of consumer tech, including gadgets and gizmos and and products and services, just everything available to you today and into tomorrow. So we're delighted that you've joined us and we appreciate that. We even appreciate it more when you participate on the program. And that's very easy to do anytime, 24-7 at your convenience. Join us with any questions about tech, any concerns, some tech rage, if you will. Don't worry, we have the bleep button ready if necessary. Just express yourself and share with us your comments and concerns as it relates to anything involving tech. The easiest way is the 800 number, toll free, of course, 800-899-INTO. That's 800-899-4686. We want to hear from you. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence released a report on possible threats posed by UFOs, now known as Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, or UAP. The mission of the Genesis 2 project, known as G2P, is to investigate validated UAP recordings and question the implications on our national security. Here to talk with us about just that is former Los Alamos National Lab biophysicist, Dr. J.C. Van Velkenberg. Dr. J.C., welcome into tomorrow. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing very well today. It's a pleasure to have you. There's, of course, a whole lot of folks that I'm sure listening, and also we invite you to visit intotomorrow.com. You can see the actual interview with Dr. JC, and we've got some video and some still pictures and some things to show you. Uh, Skeptics, uh, of course, will look at it kind of as I did. One of them, it's like, oh, come on, that's a bird. Uh, I watched one of the videos, even when you slowed it down. 
But then again, it still made me wonder. So this is one of the things we certainly want to talk about. But first, tell me about the the general mission of the Genesis 2 project, if you would. Well, when we started the Genesis 2 project, it really was because people have been seeing unidentified or unidentifiable objects and having experiences like this throughout modern history. However, largely it's just been passed on by word of mouth, you know, and at that point you're really focused on the person who's telling the story and you're focused on their story. There's no data. There's no evidence that comes out of it. They're just sharing their experience. However, documentation has really advanced. You know, almost all of us carry around a a phone every day. That phone has camera capabilities. It has video capabilities. And at that point, people are starting to capture more and more UAP. And that really just means things that we cannot identify. They are unidentified. We don't know what they are and we cannot explain them. But it's really reached a critical threshold with the amount of documentation. And I I think I remember reading in 2019, at that point, they were saying there were 1.8 billion images being uploaded every single day. You know, so so part of those are going to be recording things that people don't know what they are. And so at that point, now we actually have evidence. We have data. And once you have data, it can start to be scientifically assessed. And so that's why we started the Genesis 2 project, because we wanted to take this data. We wanted to make sure that it was forensically valid data. And then we wanted to be able to pursue a scientific study of what are these things? Well, I'm wondering, Doctor, if uh, UFOs, unidentified flying objects, uh, became unidentified aerial phenomena. Is there really any difference in that? I mean, why the name change? Uh, The name change really came about, in my understanding, it really came about because the term UFO has been so solidified within the entertainment industry. Uh, And it's been so sensationalized. And so when you use the term UFO, the majority of people are going to think of little green aliens or the saucer that flies through the air. You know, it's it really had a and it got a negative connotation, a very fantastical um, conspiracy theory. And the people who, quote unquote, believed in UFOs, they were the crackpots of society. And it, it marginalized the study and it marginalized actually that these things are out there. They're just unidentified. That's all it is. And so because of that popular um, that popular conception of the term UFO, then we really needed to make a shift in the terminology to something else in order to segue society into the shift, a paradigm shift in the thinking about what these things are. So it's no longer, you don't go into this and say, there's something here, we can't explain it, it must be an alien. No, it's, you have to go into it saying, what is it? And to do that, you use the scientific process. And of course, that makes sense to me. I've said all along, I think probably all of my lifetime, that we can't be uh, so, uh, I guess, uppity to think we're the only intelligent, with air quotes, uh, life in the universe. So I'm wondering how that plays into your research and the kinds of work uh, that you guys are doing. Is it is it a similar concern that there's got to be other life out there? Well, of course, the question comes about of, okay, so you have something and it's here. 
So that's established. This exists. We don't know what it is. So what is it? That's the next question. So once you, we can start with our, with our current um, limitations of technology and knowledge, you start with the base that you have, and then you start researching from that base. So what we can look at is we can look at, at properties such as acceleration. We can look at um, uh, directionality. So you have something that's going in a straight line and making an immediate 90 degree turn, which as far as we know, according to our current physics and our current um, technology, that's not possible. Um, so we can start looking at those kinds of things. However, you're asking a very important, deeper question, which is who made these things? Where are they from? Why are they here? What is their purpose? We have no idea what that is. We don't even have a place to start wondering about that or researching it. What we're hoping is that we can do scientific study to find out what with what is within our capability to find out and to expand our knowledge and to learn. And at some point, we'll reach another critical threshold. Well, maybe we'll be able to start figuring out now that we know more about them, we can start we can start thinking about, well, what are they here for? Um, but that may be that may be longer down the line. True. And, and I can hear kind of my audience in my head saying, what are they here for? They seem to just show up in trailer parks uh, or, yeah. or are they are they here to to, uh, you know, abduct and probe people? I mean, but I think, as you said earlier, that seems to be more the entertainment side of things, the the, the bizarre, uh, you know, it, hard to believe because it is hard to believe kind of of entertainment value, I'm guessing. Uh, so it certainly makes me wonder about how you guys are are able to analyze some of the recorded UAP to make those differing concerns from that entertainment uh, aspect of it. Well, the very the very first part of our scientific investigation approach is really a digital forensic analysis. So when an image is obtained and it it is a UAP, you don't know what it is, and that's why it's a UAP. At that point, we don't just take the image and say, oh, great, it's a UAP, let's start researching this. Hmm. Like you said, it may be a bird, you know? Yeah. So so what we, what we have to do at that point is we do digital forensic analysis, and we have chosen to use Primo Forensics. Um, they are one of the nation's leading forensic digital forensic analysis teams, and they use um, standards, rules, and regulations that are used in the U.S. court system for any evidence that is given to the courts. So what, what, ha- what that involves is even the device that the picture was taken on. Say like the picture was taken on an iPhone, then they have to have that phone and they have to digitally assess that phone to make sure to get all of the GPS coordinates off of it, the timing, the settings of the camera itself, the aperture, because these are all things that can affect an image that actually comes out at the end. So they do that first. The second thing they do is they look at the image itself, whether it be video, video, or a still image. And they make sure that there's no digital signatures of any kind of manipulation. And manipulation, typically, we tend to think of as Photoshopping, you know, adding something in or really making it. However, manipulation is also changing the light very subtly to bring something out. 
that's still manipulation. So these need to be shown to be fully raw data files. No one has touched them. They have not been manipulated at all. And then the other aspect of what they do is they look at to see, because remember I said they have to examine the device itself and to find all of its settings and features. Because the thing is that we all know there are artifacts that are created by the technology itself, such as a lens flare from the sky. So not everything, it, it could be a lens flare, or it isn't. And we assess for that. That's part of what Primo Forensics does, is they look to say, okay, this is not a lens flare. This is acting differently than a lens flare. Again, at the end of this, we come back with a digitally authenticated file at that point that we say, we don't know what this is. Let's look at it scientifically. We're talking with Dr. J.C. Van Velkenberg, PhD and former Los Alamos National Lab biophysicist, about their Genesis 2 project for unidentified aerial phenomena. And we'll be back with more as Into Tomorrow continues. Attention! Do you owe back taxes, fines, and penalties to the IRS? The IRS now offers new relief options for taxpayers affected by COVID-19, but you can't go it alone. Call Tax Solutions now. Our team of former IRS agents and tax professionals can get you the best deal. We know the COVID-19 rules. Call us and never speak to the IRS again. I couldn't sleep. We were being audited. I called Tax Solutions now and a great big weight was lifted off my shoulders. I called Tax Solutions now and they got the IRS off my back. Tax Solutions now had my wage garnishment lifted in 48 hours. The virus has caused the IRS to take extensive action to help taxpayers. So if you owe $10,000 or more, this is the best time in years to settle your tax debt. I qualified for the Fresh Start program. I paid less than I owed. Remember, the IRS will not give up until you pay. Call Thank you for joining us into tomorrow. We want you to visit us to see the video of this particular interview as well, where we're showing some pictures and videos of what they are identifying as unidentified aerial phenomena, what used to be known as UFOs, now UAPs. We're talking with, from Genesis 2 Project, Dr. J.C. Van Velkenberg. Have you been able to arrive at any conclusions uh, when looking at some of these things, even so far? Um, I, and, and by conclusions, I'm not even sure if I know what I mean, but, but you know, have you been able to ascertain anything in particular about any of these UAPs? pictures and videos and that sort of thing? Well, with G2P, we have been in a four-year, we've been on a four-year journey of data collection. That's what we've been doing. And we literally have thousands of images. Mm -hmm. And we assess each of those first to see which ones are worth, you know, um, pursuing. But then we do the digital forensic analysis. We make sure that this is a bona fide image, that this has validity. And then we start looking at it scientifically. Um, At that point, this is such a new field 
And, you know, people are entering this physicist, technologist, and looking at it. So there's no hard conclusions because, like you said, of course, the one thing everyone would love to know is why are they here? <laughs> you know, and there's no way we can get to that. So we're just barely starting to really look at this scientifically and to really figure out, like, what can this tell us? You know, because, for example, if we can figure out how looking at the way things are moving that is so different from the way that we know, that's stimulating the scientific mind in all these different fields that we're working in. Um, you know, so if we see, if we see something that goes against, um, the, okay, let me back up. The main conclusions we're coming to at this point is we are seeing patterns. And what I mean by that is we are not getting one type of vehicle in these thousands of photographs and, and videos. This is not one vehicle. We are seeing hundreds of vehicles. And what that is suggesting to us is that this is not a prototype of some stealth bomber, for example, that's being tested in U.S. airspace or by a foreign entity. Um, one of my colleagues has pointed out that if, if it is a... Um, a new technology that's being tested by another country, they're very unlikely to be testing it over foreign soil yes. where it can be photographed or intercepted. You yeah. want to keep your stuff secret until it's done. The other thing to think about is that because we're seeing hundreds of different types of vehicles with different types of capabilities that are unexplainable, that is also not a prototype. When you have a, a physical prototype that you make and you need to test, you don't make hundreds. That's not cost effective. You only make one or two. And we're really seeing hundreds of different types. And then you start looking at the patterns of those different types. So for example, if you see a bird fly across the sky, there's no bird that tumbles. Birds don't tumble in flight. And so we see things that you could say, like um, a naysayer could say, oh, that's a bird. And then you look closer. You just have to keep looking closer. And you think, okay, well, that's tumbling in the air. And this is not the exact shape of a bird, you know, and small things like that. And then you have physicists go in and they look at markers of the land, you know, so like a mountaintop or or a jet. Um, you can look at the flight patterns of jets in that area at that point and figure out how far the distance was the jet was. Then you can estimate the size of the object that was near it. And at that point, by doing that the math, you know this wasn't the size of a bird. This was the size of something quite large or the size of the aircraft that it was nearby. Gotcha. And of course, again, we invite our listeners to come to intotomorrow.com and see the video of some of these things that Dr. JC is talking about. I'm wondering, Doc, if, if you have also reached out to astronauts, uh, American or any astronauts for that matter, uh, to kind of also get their take, because you know, we hear occasionally that they see things that they can't explain either uh, while they're on the space station or something of that nature. Is, has that entered into your research? Not into G2P's research because those are being handled in-house, you know, by, by their agencies that they're working with. Gotcha. But 
them, yeah, some of them are speaking out, which is, I think that's great because they are, they are also reaffirming this is a daily occurrence. And these are reputable people, kind of like you said earlier, you know, this isn't happening in a trailer park or with a farmer. These are highly specialized people. These are experts in their field and they're saying they have experienced this, you know, so it's, it's bringing it, but that they're not, they're, they're working in-house. If they have any kind of images, of course, that image is going to be owned and it's going to be assessed by their agency, mm-hmm. you know, because it is the, it's impacting them directly in that industry. So they're not going to share that outside of it, typically, yeah. um, you know, but then with, with us, what we see it as is we see it as a very good thing because it's adding to the credibility of the people out there. This isn't just a crackpot who's saying something. There's a lot of unexplained things. Again, none of us know what they are. Gotcha. And I guess the good thing about NASA is that unless it's uh, a national security issue of some sort, images and videos are typically released. Uh, I know we use them regularly as well and when we're doing This Week in Tech History about various things, because NASA does make those things available to us. So maybe we can learn more along those lines as well. Uh, Dr. J.C. Van Velkenberg is a Ph.D. with the Genesis, the number two project. Com. And, of course, we'll get our audience uh, there when they visit us at intotomorrow.com. We invite everyone to come see these pictures and videos, just some of them, that we've been able to obtain uh, to share. And continued good work with whatever you guys are doing and the, the efforts that you are making to help identify some of these unidentified aerial phenomena. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. We're back with more as Into Tomorrow continues. I'm Dave Graveline at intotomorrow.com. And back with more here on the Advanced Media Network. When you're a new podcaster, you may need a little help setting everything up. Like us at Into Tomorrow, you may want a company who's there when you need them who actually picks up the phone when you call. Well, that's Blueberry Podcasting. Call 1-877-729-8642 or go to Blueberry.com. That's B-L-U-B-R-R-Y.com. Into Tomorrow, continuing with reminders to always back up your important data. That's very important. And not just locally in your home or office, but do an off-prem, an off-premise backup over at Grandma's Kitchen. Put it up in a high part of the cabinet or something, a USB drive or whatever, of important pictures, documents, anything like that. So it's elsewhere. And do it periodically. So you don't forget about those important things. And at the same time, be sure and check your spam filters frequently and regularly to make sure you get all the email from anyone that you should be. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you by Dexcom. Always know where your glucose is headed and how fast. Visit dexcom.com. It's time for our history feature. IFA is one of the largest and oldest tech shows in the world. With this week's look back at IFA's historic past, 
Here's Chris Grave line. Line, line, line. IFA history. The first in-car media center was presented during the International Funkausstellung in 1993 in Berlin. Blaupunkt, or Blaupunkt as we call them here in the U.S., presented a model named Berlin, of course, which combined a mobile music and information system with a 3 by 2 inch video screen. The Berlin already had interfaces for a CD changer, telephone, television, and video players, plus a complete navigation system. That's this week's IFA update brought to you by Messe Berlin. Be sure to visit ifa-berlin.com. I shall do that. And while you're at it, be sure to visit intotomorrow.com and put your email address there and sign up for our free once-a-week tech newsletter. Tim in Miami Lakes, Florida, must be around the corner from some of us from here somewhere. He listens to our free podcasts. Welcome into tomorrow. Hi, Dave. Hi, Chris. Crew, my son-in-law seems to be having issues with his internet going down at home. He's got an internet company that's not quite working so well, so he needs a hotspot. So I need your suggestion on what hotspot would work the best for him at home. He works on a computer, and this should be probably only for a backup as his internet at home in his apartment goes down in Miami Lakes about once a week. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Chris. Wow. Well, let me guess, Tim, especially living in the same town as Chris and always having problems with his Internet connection, you must be on Comcast. So that explains that. The main question, though, is who has better service around your son-in-law's home? All the major cell phone service providers offer roughly comparable service. They're all capped, though. They call it unlimited, which is really a joke, but the high speed is limited. So once you reach a threshold, your speeds will be throttled back. Now, that cap will vary. For example, Verizon offers plans that cost between 20 and $30 and are capped at 15 gigabytes and 30 gigabytes of fast data speed, respectively. Yeah, AT&T offers plans from 25 to $55 a month, ranging from 15 gig to 100 gigabytes of high speed. Uh, T-Mobile has similar plans, but also offers a home internet replacement hub that they charge $50 for, and it does include real unlimited data. That, however, is not yet available in Miami Lakes. And of course, I know that because I live there, and I've been trying to find an alternative to my Internet that also keeps going out at home. Thank you, Comcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that I think T-Mobile's solution will work any better for me personally, because at my house, I barely get one bar of T-Mobile signal on my cell phone. Uh, so your best choice really just boiled down to who has the best service around me. They all offer 5G hotspots, but do they offer 5G around you? Are their towers overloaded? If they are, your connection speeds will drop. Now, there is also the option of just using a phone's own hotspot. Many plans already include an allotment of high-speed hotspot data that's comparable to what the dedicated hotspot plans offer in a month. But again, the problem with that is you're using your phone, and you probably will eat it up, or he will anyway, um, eat up that data, at least at high speeds, very quickly if he's using a computer. Nothing to kind of hold him back if that's the case. You're surfing the web, you're doing what you got to do and researching and whatnot. It's going to go pretty quick. Anne didn't tell us where she's calling from, but she did use the Ask Dave button at intotomorrow.com. So that's a good start. But please, if you use that, always give us your first name. She did that. And how you hear the show and where you're joining us from. It's just helpful to have that info. Okay, Anne, welcome into tomorrow. I do not have the soundbar connected to my LG TV because of other connection issues. Anyways, but the main question I have is... 
the picture and the sound don't go together. The picture is just like stopped and goes spotty here and there, but as the sound just goes on, how can I get them to connect? Well, and if your sound bar isn't connected to your TV, then we assume that this is all happening on the TV itself. If that's the case, you may have connection issues of some kind. If this is happening while you're using smart functions, for example, while streaming Netflix or YouTube, your Internet connection may be struggling to cope, and your TV may just be constantly buffering to try to stream your shows. If this is happening while watching TV over the air or cable TV, then you may have an issue with the signal reaching your home that is causing your TV to lose it periodically. The solution to the Internet issue is to check your connection speeds. Make sure that your TV is able to pick up a good, solid signal from your home router. The solution to the -the over-the-air issue would be to get a better antenna or move it somewhere that it gets a better signal, if that's possible. Now, the solution to the cable issue, unfortunately, would involve reaching out to your cable company and trying to get them to come fix it. Now, if you're lucky, they'll find the root cause quickly, but most likely... You'll just wind up needing to get them to come over several times, unfortunately, to try to fix the problem. If your Internet connection is solid, it may be easier to switch to a streaming TV provider, something like Hulu Plus or YouTube TV, one of those many platforms available. And let us know what you end up doing. And, of course, stay tuned. Our listeners are the best in the world, and they also frequently offer additional input and advice. Speaking of frequently offering advice and whatnot, how about some tech news? How about knowing who's on the show that week? How about uh, some hmm thoughts to make you smile and maybe a list of our current prizes available? You must be talking about our free once a week tech newsletter. OMG, I am. <laughs> How does one get it? You stop by intotomorrow.com, a little uh, white and red box will pop up asking for your email address. You put your email address in, you'll then get a confirmation email saying basically in not so many words, are you sure you want to get this? Because we don't spam anybody, so it's an opt-in thing. It just says, okay, thanks, hey, click this link to confirm. Right, and then you're in, in, and every Thursday night, Eastern Time, you will get our free once-a-week tech newsletter. There you go. Check your spam filter. Make sure we don't end up there, because sometimes that's happened. But you'll get Beth's tech tip, for example. Yeah, uh, this week, technology has come a long way in helping you achieve your goals, especially with more people switching their fitness routines to their home gyms. From simple apps to interactive bikes and mirrors, technology's got something for your fitness needs. And whether you're catching a flight cross-country or just shuttling from home office to den all day, you need the lightest laptop possible. Our friends at PC Mag tested a bunch of them. See all the buying advice you need in this week's Into Tomorrow Tech Newsletter. Again, sign up. It's free at intotomorrow.com. take a lot of medicine or take care of someone that does? Hero is the new smart device that makes life easier by pre-sorting a 90-day supply of up to 10 different pills. Just pour them in and Hero does the rest. So easy to use and saves me so much time. I never miss a dose. I'm never late for a dose anymore. And that is so critical to me. 
What I like best about my Hero is that it's so easy to set up and it's so easy to use. And I don't have to worry about my pills or get distracted and forget, did I take that pill or not? Because it reminds me. It alerts and dispenses with the push of a button. Plus, Hero sends a friendly alert to you and a caregiver. Hero is amazing, but you could even live out of state with the person and still program their Hero from the convenience of your phone. I feel better than I have ever felt simply because I have this device. Try Hero risk-free for 30 days. If you don't love it, you don't keep it. Call 800-613-2715. That's 800-613-2715. 800-613-2715. Call now. Welcome back into tomorrow. Maybe hard to believe or not, but every day people watch over a billion, with a B, a billion hours of video on YouTube. And half of that is probably my son. Most likely. Exactly. I'm Dave Graveline. I'm Chris Graveline. This portion of Into Tomorrow is brought to you in part by Blueberry Podcasting. You don't need to be tech savvy to record and publish your own podcast. It'll be easy for most Into Tomorrow listeners. Plans start at just $12 a month. Go to blubrry.com and find out how to get started. Chris in Tyler, Texas, listens on KTBB AM and FM. Hey, Chris. Hi. I've never bought a computer before, and I'm looking to buy a laptop because I'm starting my own business. Can you guys help me out with a beginner-style laptop? Would you recommend any apps that are free that I could use for that laptop for my business? Well, Chris, that's a bit hard to say without knowing what you're going to do with it specifically and how you want to do it. Obviously, if your business was something like creating 3D animations or heavy graphic design or video editing, you'd already have an idea of the heavier weight hardware that would be required. So we're going to assume that you want to do something more akin to perhaps admin work. So if that's the case, just about any laptop will do. But we'd advise you to go for a mid-level laptop rather than the cheapest you can find. Quality varies greatly by price, and a very cheap laptop can turn into a big hassle just a few months or a year in. Yeah, For example, Lenovo has ranked high in reliability ratings in recent years. So you can look at something like a $600 Lenovo IdeaPad 3, which will have more power than you need for office tasks, but won't be the highest end, most powerful model meant for other tasks. Uh, you can also look at something like a Dell Inspiron 3000 or an Asus VivoBook. Both will cost you roughly around the same as Lenovo. Now, as for software, most of what you need is probably going to be online. For example, Google Docs has both free personal and paid business tiers and will include a full office suite that you can also set up to access offline. Microsoft, of course, does the same thing. Now, if you want something free that is entirely offline, you can look at LibreOffice, for example, a free open source office suite. If you do, keep in mind that it's clunkier than the better known paid office suites, but it's certainly usable. And I have to say that because we have the, what do they call it these days, Microsoft 365? Yeah. It used to be Office 365, then it was just Office, then eh, they change the name every week. But it's one of the things that we deemed not only appropriate, but affordable. And in our case, for our small business, that has worked out well in the long run. Yeah, I want to say it's $99 a year that we pay, and we get five users for that $99. Yeah. And you get Word and Outlook and Excel. I mean, all the office stuff. And a terabyte of online storage. There you go. Check it all out more so at intotomorrow.com. Bringing you the latest in consumer electronics and technology, this has been Into Tomorrow with Dave Graveline. 
to participate with Dave and his tech geniuses and win prizes anytime, 24-7. Use our free Into Tomorrow app for your iPhone, Android, and Netflix. Available in your app store or call 1-800-899-INTO. That's 1-800-899-4686. Be sure to visit our website anytime to read our show notes and watch our ITTV videos at intotomorrow.com. And join us next week as we bring you further Into Tomorrow. Tomorrow. 